that was created, all of the earth, every bit of it, is the Lord's. It doesn't belong to the devil. Get a 6,000 year use permit. Some call it a lease of use on the earth because he usurped authority from Adam and Eve in the garden. They submitted to him instead of to God's word that said, you can have anything here except that tree right there. You shall not eat of it. You can eat of everything else. You can partake of everything else. He would tell him to subdue the earth, replenish it, multiply Fill the earth. With all that heaven affords. Psalms 24 says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All of it belongs to Him. It doesn't belong to the Illuminati. I thought you'd like that. It doesn't belong to all the high-powered bankers and the corporate entities and the United States or corporations of America. <laughs> that was really funny. The Illuminati doesn't own planet Earth and it doesn't have power over anything. Except those that believe they have power. And then they're just believing like Adam and Eve believed. Satan, that if he partook of that fruit, it would make him wise. See, look upon it. Is it not good for food? It's appealing. It's beautiful. Look how wonderful. It'll make you like him. You'll know all the stuff he does. <laughs> and they'd been given dominion and authority, and they gave it uh, to him by submitting to him and believing him instead of God. And he said, in the day that you do it, you'll die. that's one time oh Adam and Eve wish they hadn't been fruity really turned them into a couple of fruit cakes messed them up aren't you, get, aren't you glad that God's a God of redemption and he could redeem all, group, all fruit I don't know. I, I hang out with you guys. I think we get kind of fruity. Shouldn't we? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The earth belongs to the Lord. <laughs> that was written in the Old Testament before the cross. You see, Satan didn't own the earth. 
There's teaching out there that says Satan is the god of this world and he owns the earth. He's the god of the world system that has corrupted people on the earth and thereby corrupted the earth. He came up with this system. How many glad you were born twice? How many glad one of the times you were born, you were born from above? If I was all of you, I'd run over and get as close to her as possible. She's a bartender tonight. <laughs> She's ordering up the drinks. <laughs> Might as well say, fill me up. Thank you, Father. Listen, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Jesus came back and died on the cross, purchased everything with his blood and redeemed mankind who had been given authority. Now there's a new man on the earth. The old man is passed away. Behold, a new creation is here. I might say a very royal creation. Anybody feeling like you got a little royalty? We're royal. Sons and daughters of a king, the king of kings. I'm ready to become a king. Anybody ready to become a king? It's time we started behaving like a king instead of paupers and orphans and all of that stuff. Do, come on, do I hear an amen? You know, if the old man is dead and he passed away, do we really have a past? Come on. Do we really have a past? on planet Earth. Was it all put to death? Was it everything, you know, B.C., before Christ? Dead works? Did we really become a new creation? Why do we have to be healed? in our soul? I mean, really? Why do we have to be healed in our soul? All of the things that offended us and wounded us were crucified and put to death on the cross. At the new birth, they were all passed away. But we don't behave that way. Because we still believe we have a past. And the past affects us. Oh boy, that's stirring up all kinds of feelings in people right now.
was the first Adam really put to death on the cross. The whole race of man. And a new race created. And Jesus was the first of many brethren. The first of the new creation. The first of many sons called into glory. Is that true? Oh my God, what are we preaching? What are we preaching? What are we believing? What are we declaring? What are we talking? What do we believe? This is your fault, Joey. This is your fault. He preached last Sunday. What do you believe? Do you really believe? Do you believe with an action? Do you act upon it? Is it real belief or mental assent? I don't think he used that term. That's what I... I coined that back in the 70s when I heard somebody else say it. I gave him credit and who it was for a while, and then I took it as my own, and now I coined it. God showed me. He does show us. He wants to show us we're royal. He wants to show us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of everything in it. He really wants to show us that. The Lord's tired of you living in poverty. He loves you and he hates it. He is not happy about you living in And he's not happy that his son came and destroyed poverty and stood up and preached the very first words of his mouth. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Quoting Isaiah 61. Quoting it, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. First thing Jesus preached in the public platform he addressed the spirit of poverty. What's good news to a poor person? Everybody say this with me. I don't have to be poor no more. That's good news to anybody that's experienced being poor. Poor no more. Thank you, Father. I recently had several people talking to me over a period of time. I was up in Portland a few months. Over the last two or three years, people keep coming to me and saying stuff like this. I'll say something, and he said, whoa, really? You just shot yourself in the foot. That phrase has come to me a hundred times. Shoot yourself in the foot. You know what that phrase means? Anybody know what it means? Yeah. Nobody else had to do it. You did it to yourself. And you shoot yourself in the foot by something you say or do.
believe in the Second Amendment. I like guns. I'm not ashamed to say that. What, what, are you afraid? Oh, I just love the way they, I love to shoot them. The power. I like power. Anybody like power? I love power. Are you power hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry for the power of God. Because nothing can be accomplished without power. That's why he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with how to be a nice guy. How to feed the poor. No, he said power. When he talks about God's not giving you a spirit of fear, and he talks about love, he says the first thing he gives you, he says God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love. Because God knew we can't love without power. Because the Old Testament saints, they couldn't love. Couldn't love God first, first, foremost, and with everything they are and have and be. Even their strength. They couldn't do it. They were incapable of it. Of it, Incapable. They were incapable of it. They couldn't do it. He had to create a new people and endue them with power so they could love. And love always creates and is the sound mind. You ever notice when somebody shows up that's rich or famous and everybody knows it? The way people treat them? Has anybody here ever wanted to get anybody's autograph? You could get mine. I would give you my autograph, but people would say, yeah. And I like that. Sign it in oil. The anointing is power. The oil is the distinguisher. That's why Jesus' name is Mashiach. oily one. Oh, Jesus. Oil can burn. Anybody want to catch on fire? Oil can heal. Anybody want to be a miracle looking for a place to happen? The earth is the Lord's. All of these wonderful things that have to do with power give you a tremendous favor. Would anybody here like to have more money? I'm going to do an offering. But I'm preaching the gospel because it's going to tie right into what I'm going to share with you tonight. Would anybody like to have more money? Uh, money don't mean anything to me. I don't, I don't care anything about it. I don't, you know, as long as I have food and water and a bed to sleep in my basic things and I'm I'm just happy with that the Bible says to be contented in whatsoever state you're in boy that's a big leap from being satisfied with just having your own personal needs met. people that just want, want 
what's basic, what they need for just them. Please don't be offended like right now because I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot. But If you had more, couldn't you do more for people you'd love to do it for? Who would like to have more money? There are those that will come preaching that godliness is great gain. If you do a study on what that's saying there, godly, how many of you know godliness is great gain? Is, he, doesn't he bring you great gain? How many believe he causes you to gain ground in every area of life? Spiritually, mentally, physically, socially, financially, relationally, and physically. Those seven areas. All of them. Bring the kingdom in those areas. Even in the financial arena. Everybody wants that. See, I'm stirring you not to get a big offering. I'm Everything I'm preaching is for those that want to give or whether they don't. It's not to inspire you, manipulate you to give. It's really because we do not belong where we're at any longer. The cloud is moving. And we better move with it. And it's moving into full manifestation of kingdom. Do I hear an amen? In every area. In every area. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Psalms 24. The world and they who dwell in it are the Lord's too. That's speaking of every human being on the planet. They're actually his. To do with as he will. I won't say desire because he desires for all to be saved. But they are his to do with as he will. And they are his for eternity. Every human being belongs to the Lord. He's the creator. Even those that reject him. Because they're still going to have to bow before him. And they're not going to ordain their destiny. Because they're going to wind up in one they wish they hadn't went for. If they don't make Yeshua their Lord and Savior. Master. Allow his life. The more we let him live through us, the more we become what we were created for. I'm going to say this, to rule this galaxy we live in. Not just our solar system. This is one star called the sun. Can I give you a revelation? Anybody want a revelation? It's a revelation that I had a long time ago. Recently brought it back up to me. And he took me there. I'm going I'm to do it this way, okay? What if? Okay, let me make a statement first. The sun and all life in our solar system is only possible because of the sun. The sun gives life to all things that 
have biological existence and live. A sun. Take away the sun and the earth turns into a block, yeah, a circle of ice. And nothing can live. The sun releases light. Oh, to bask in the rays of his love light. Inside of the sun, in all suns, there's an entire kingdom. Do I hear an amen? Do I hear an amen? What if the sun... Oh, by the way, here's the sun. Get the picture, please. Here's the sun. And here's planets circling it. We're the third rock from the sun. The third planet, Earth. Got all of these planets. 9, 10, 11, 12. Oh no, there's not 12. How many is there? Somebody tell me, real loud. How many planets? Hmm? Well, I believe there was in the origins of creation. Because it fits the patterns of everything else. There's an asteroid belt that's out there that circles the planet too. Huge asteroids. It's a belt of broken particles of what used to be planets that collided. Scientifically, they, it's the only explainable way they could be there. Unless they were, well, even if they were and they collided and broke up and now it's an asteroid belt that circles out there. Uh, it's got all the material in it to create planets. Any dreamers in the house? Revelatory dreamers? All life comes from the sun rays of light. The surface of the sun is incredibly hot. I can't quote to you the numbers, even though I've read them and studied them. They say the center of the sun is like a billion trillion degrees hot. And they say it's an entire ball of gas that's burning. And the resources of it is so massive that it will burn for, you know, several million, billion, trillion years and has already burned for that many. That's what they say. I do not believe that. I believe the Bible in the second creation. But it's evident there was a creation before this creation. That's another thing we won't go into. It's called the gap theory. It's actually a... It's a theology of truth that's found all through the scripture, showing that there was another creation before this one. And the earth became form and without void, and darkness was on the face of the waters. Genesis 1, 1, 2, and 3. It tells us these things. The Spirit of God brooded on the face of the waters, the deep, on the darkness... And God said, let there be light. And then he created the six days. In the fourth day, he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. 
But he said, let there be light. Where'd the light come from? <laughs> I like her. <laughs> Where'd the light come from? Who's the light? In the beginning, Elohim, God, God's plural. And the Spirit of God brooded, Holy Spirit. And God said, let there be light, Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was God. By Him all things were created, and by Him nothing was made that was not made. John 1. Back to the sun, the light. All life comes from the sun. How many know all life comes from the S-O-N? How many realized there was no life until the S-O-N came and then he gave life and that more abundantly? Before that, there was natural life, but there wasn't spiritual life, except by his sovereign choice or he anointed certain prophets, priests, kings, and judges. And in one sovereign case, he anointed a guy named Her and his helper and filled them with the Holy Spirit to build all of the furnishings and all of the artwork of the tabernacle that was built in the wilderness. And it's the only man in the entire Old Testament that it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. God filled him with the Spirit. That phrase is not anywhere else in the Old Testament. It's the only one. The Lord always kept a witness and had the light in the world even before the true light came as a man. He was called the angel of the Lord. We know that the light and all life comes from the sun. S-O-N. And all life in our universe, I mean in our solar system, comes from the S-U-N. Do our science really know what's inside of the sun? How can they measure it? Can they get any instruments close enough to measure it? How do they do that? They take... Uh, here's a simple calculation, okay? I figured this out, and I have third grade education in math. <laughs> well, not really, but I'm not a mathematician. But they can measure the surface of the heat of the sun. And then they take the size of it, they calculate it as burning. They know that it's helium gases and other gases that burn because they get residue from it in the things that make its way to the earth. Oh, by the way, the sun, a ray of light that shoots out from the sun, a piece of flame that's happening all the time, that one, just one shaft, let's say one ray of light, just one ray of light, streaking to the earth moves at 186,272 miles per second. It takes nine minutes to get here. That's how far away the sun is. 93 million miles. It takes nine minutes 
for that ray of light to make its way. It's a substance. When it hits you, it brings life into your body. It's a particle. Did you know that darkness is not just the lack of light? It's not just a void where there's no light. It's an actual substance. God created it. See, I'm saying all of this because to understand the revelation of where we're going and who and what we are, we need to know some basic things. And God has increased knowledge in the last days so that we could have knowledge and understanding for our mind so we could change our mind with truth. And we have more truth coming forth to this generation right now in the explanation of the apostolic revelation of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who came and walked the earth as the apostle and high priest, who came on the scene and set the earth and everything in it in perfect order and ordered the days, the 24-hour days, after creating the sun, the moon, and the stars. He created the constellations, all 12 of them. You know who the first one was to go into those constellations, come back, write a book about it, and acknowledge the 12 signs in the heavens and give them the purpose of what God created them for, which was to declare the glory of God? You know who that was? Enoch. Enoch. Of course, you have to find it in some other holy writings that used to be in the Bible that no longer are called the book of Jubilees the book of Enoch and the book of Jasher those three right there are incredible we're getting ready to go into a course I'm going I'm I'm to I'm going to teach a class here called the seventh son Enoch he was the seventh from Adam He was born in the 11th, 11 is the number of the prophets. All through the Bible, the number 11 and prophets come together. Joseph, who was a prophet, says in Psalms 105, was the 11th son. That's just one. It's really amazing, it's so detailed that the word, the way it's put together numerically, the 11th chapter of Acts talks about prophets left Antioch and went to, or left Jerusalem and went to Antioch and started a whole new move of God. And they had revelation that they didn't have. And they had the grace revelation that Paul had and the understanding of the mystery of the revelation hidden from ages and dispensations, but dispensation, but now has been given unto his holy apostles and prophets for the church so that the church may reveal it to all of creation and bring all of creation, the universe, back to God. Bring it under, it belongs to the Lord already, but bring it under the dominion, not of the fall, not even of its original intent before the fall, but to create a new heaven. You and I were made for it. And we have believed this much right here. 
and known this much. And God wants us to know beyond our solar system, beyond our one star, beyond the 70 trillion stars in our galaxy, one little galaxy, to 700 trillion galaxies in the universe. And we think it is so massive and we don't don't even realize that God created the universe and put the whole universe in the palm of his hand. If God would to peer in our universe, manifest in the glory light that he is, almighty God, the stars would flee from the brightness of his burning. And they could not outrun it. It would consume them and transform them and transfigure them into something that never was before. Anybody believe heaven's going to invade earth? Everything I'm saying is that. If I tell you of earthly things and you do not believe them nor understand them, how will I tell you of heavenly things? Jesus said in John 3. The earth is the Lord, you guys. And the Lord said, Now I like human beings so well, I'm going to become one. And all of the mysteries of the revelation, the mysteries of the universe, the mysteries of the heavenly realms, the mysteries of the, you know, the heavens have many. angels that came and took him and taught him of the heavens Enoch took him to near 30 heavens why what good is this going to do for me to help me pay my bills because the earth is the Lord's just in this planet the earth is the Lord's and the fullest thereof and all the people that are in it and there's people that he's come to live in How many believe he's your father? How many really believe that as he is, so also are you in this world? Do you believe that? No, you don't believe that. You know you don't believe that. You say you believe it. You make a mental ascent to it. But do you really believe it? Do you meditate upon it? Can you imagine what would happen if you meditated on all of these kind of heavenly things instead of always earthly things of how I'm going to make it here. <coughs> he said if we would first seek his kingdom that he would add everything, everything, everything to us. We're trying to get it all the wrong way. So I think I'll become hyper-spiritual then. No, if you become hyper-spiritual, then you're going to be so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good. You don't just become heavenly-minded, you become... (laughs) He said to Nicodemus, I'm showing you earthly things, I want to show you heavenly things. He wants to show us both earthly and heavenly. He wants to give us revelation, a wisdom, a mindset. He wants to lock us up. There's the keys of revelation that he's bringing that suddenly in the universe being so massive that we will be dumbfounded 
suddenly we will be able to look at it in the palm of our hand and understand everything about it. Okay, here we go. Are you listening? You got this? Can you imagine that we really know everything about the universe inside of us, but our mind hasn't gotten attached to it yet? How many believe that you know all things because you have an anointing in you from the Holy One? And, in, and you know all things. The word know there means to be absolutely at one with. How many believe Holy Spirit's in you? How many believe God's in you? Father. How many believe Jesus is in you? The Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You believe that, don't you? Do you really? Why do we live so earthly if we really believe that? How much have we thought about that? How much have we talked about? How much have we explored? How much have we been willing to recognize, oh, we'll fight for our doctrine and what we believe. But what's accomplishing for you? Could it be that what you know is only this much? And he would like to suddenly increase you to that much? An awareness of it? A continual, ongoing, nonstop awareness not just that God is, but that God's in you, God's with you, God's for you, God's around you, that you're hid in Christ in God. What do you think, David? Can you imagine, David, if you could take your fingers and go like this and touch certain keys Push your finger one time, and a website would come up and go like that. And you would go, just go three minutes and touch and do things with that technology that's in, built into it that you don't even realize there. And suddenly, ten minutes you have a website. And it is incredible. Then you want graphics in it, and you create the graphics in another ten minutes. Then the marketing plan and everything they want for it, you create it in another 10 minutes. 30 minutes, you're done. And it's so spectacular, they pay you $15,000, $20,000 for it. Oh, by the way, you know there's people out there that will charge you a million dollars for a website? And people buy it. You know why? Because it launches them worldwide with the push of a button. And it has everything in it ready to be used, even blockchain. The technology's there. But they won't tell us the secrets. They have apps and all kinds of stuff they can release, but they won't. So why do we need them? Witty inventions would give us the ability. We could create a new technology where we don't even have to have a keyboard. We just go, thank you, good father. Just 
won't step in. Because we have that technology in us. We have it in us. God is introducing it. And we're so hung up on the old, we can't get into the new. We so limit ourselves, and God so loves us. I've decided that I do not care if people think I'm a heretic. I'm going to go where God took me a long time ago. I'm going to start revealing what he's revealed to me. I'm going to start sharing things with people in public meetings that's happened to me and that does happen to me and I don't talk about it. And when I do, I'm going to give every one of those that come to here the permission to do the same thing because they're actually in their dream world and in other situations mysterious and wonderful things that are happening to them and they've been trained to not believe like a little child that has invisible friends and sees angels and can tell you what heaven looks like and they remember their former life and being with God and they tell you all those stories and we go, oh, Johnny's so cute. What an imagination. Now, Johnny, these are just things that are your imagination. They're not really real. Now, come on back. Come on to earth. Get, start thinking like us. And if the kid keeps thinking that way, and they go to school and they're saying those things, ooh, they bring in the specialists. Try to put a name on it like autism or Asperger's or schizophrenia or paranoia because their behaviors are misunderstood. Their behaviors aren't blessed and encouraged and covered and anointed and taught and filled with permission to go with God. And so they become problem children. And they know something inside of them is real, but they've been told it's not. And the shock and trauma they're put through because they're especially gifted. You can read their X-Files. So all of this is just to awaken you to something that is called you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. And that the earth and the Lord, the fullness thereof, all things are yours. Second Corinthians chapter 2, last verse. All things, whether they be things present or things to come, whether they be life or death, all things, whether they be the apostles, the revelators of all the truth and the holders of the mystery, and the builders of the church, master builders. Names three of them. Peter, Paul, 
Apollos. Because they had such mysteries and wonder reveals such truths. And in their writings, they say things people do not even understand, that you were predestined unto the adoption of sons, that you're the inheritors of all things, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And we don't even know what adoption means there. We don't even know what the simple word adoption means there. We think it means you're a, 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 an orphan, and then God adopts you. doesn't mean that. It has nothing to do with the meaning. It's a Hebrew meaning to adoption. And it literally means that he's predestined you to be placed in full authority as a son of God. In the image and likeness of Jesus, perfectly representing the Father. To rule and reign in the eternal ages to come. Worlds without end. I'm quoting scriptures. If you will check your conversation, you will find that 90%, even the most spiritual people, most of their conversation are about earthly things. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. For you are dead. That old man, their old memories, the old thoughts, the old feelings, everything that you think is you, that's your history, that you're dominated by, that keeps you from going into who you really are, is all a lie. That man died. It's gone. No, but we have to crucify it every day. No, you don't. Just start serving God. It'll get crucified. <laughs> People will not believe what you're saying, the way you will act, what you embrace, where your heart goes, your family and best friends, loved ones, and your husband and wife and everybody around you will start putting you to death. And will you react or respond in love? That is the question. Will you continue to believe in what you're believing? Or will their earthly mindedness and their attacks, which they don't even do on purpose, they don't know what they're doing. They're caught in the web of believing that their past has caused them problems. And they believe it. Don't wait. Do I hear it? Don't wait. I'm putting my hands down on this one from now on. No, I don't. I'm no longer saying I believe that at all. The earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Oh, Psalms 24, it's so amazing. For he has founded it, the earth upon the seas and established it on the currents and the rivers. What are you made of? What are you made from as a human being? Dirt. That's right, the earth. Do you have rivers and seas in you? How much of you is water? How much of the earth planet is water? 70 to 80 percent. 
So is your physical body. Do you have rivers in you? What's flowing through your veins? Rivers. Do you have seas? What does that mean? Well, your bladder gets full. You have to empty it. It becomes a sea. Rivers. We are earth. We're a planet. <coughs> Everything that we are belongs to the Lord. How many know your body's not your own? It's been bought. All we are stewards of something that doesn't belong to us. You don't own anything. Tithing's a good place for a baby Christian to help them to understand, to at least give God the first fruits of your inheritance. Bring the first fruits. Because whoever you love the most is who you give the first to, right? So tithe is actually the tithe. And a tenth, that's okay. But that's not what the New Testament teaches. The New Testament teaches everything belongs to the Lord. And you own nothing. You're a steward. Everything you have, the Lord could say to you, I want you to give that away. And if it really belongs to him, you would give it away. Do you know if you started living that way, you would not be able to give stuff away fast enough? Because every time you give it away, he would give you at the bare minimum 10%. I mean, 10 times as much. If you live that way, would it happen immediately? happens is your faith grows in it and your faith grows. How many know your faith grows when you act on it? If you don't act on it, it doesn't grow. This doesn't fit what I believe. That's what people, they sit there and listen to them and they say, I don't know, man. Are you preaching the gospel? What is this? This is the gospel of Jesus Christ that's revealed in the Holy Writ. There's people in this room that believe all kinds of things because you've been told that. What if the sun is not a ball of gas that's burning and it's 70 trillion degrees to Fahrenheit at the core and it gets hotter as it goes in and the pressure of it it's almost like a solid but it's not, it's a gas and it's so intensely packed that it's so hot what if the middle of the sun is a portal that brings in heavenly glory and goes out in the rays of heat that goes to the planets and gives life. Where does natural life come from, by the way? Not just spiritual life, anointing, the glory, the fire, the... Natural life. The electrical current, your mind's striking. Little lightning storms going on up there all the time. Synops, transferring. It's light. It's going through your nervous system, through your whole body. The core of your cells has to be activated with energy. It has to be oxygen in there. Be 
because the oxygen has to be burned by the light that comes in there. And it creates energy. We as human beings are amazing creatures, wonderfully and fearfully made. Even natural life. Where does the fire come that's in us? What creates it? How does it even happen? Why does the sperm have light in it surrounding the whole inside of the sperm? And why does the egg have a, have a, 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 a layer of light inside of it? And when the two came together, and it turns into something called a cell. It starts splitting and starts embroidering. The embryo embroidery and it embroiders a body with the essence of spirit and life, lightning and all the lights that goes through you, natural energy and creates it in flesh, <coughs> creates it in rivers called blood vessels and flows, creates it with you in an ocean surrounded by water in your mother's womb. Beautiful and wonderfully made. Oh, I don't even want to say one thing except one word. Abortion. Oh, God. Oh, God. Where's that light come from? What creates the light that's inside of a human being? Natural life. Why is it when a human body dies, they become something like three to five pounds weight leaves them because of the essence of their spirit? Every human being's spirit is light. Did you know that? Of course it is. When it leaves their body, it still maintains a form and a person and a personality. It has the soul of that person in it, and it departs and leaves and goes to its next place. Do we understand that we are lights? Do we really believe we are lights, or do we just think we're flesh when you look in the mirror do you see you or do you see glove that's what skin is you know it's an organ the human body is amazing wonderfully and fearfully made embryo to embroider. Wonderfully and fearfully made in the Hebrew says. Embroidery. All the genes, the DNA that's in the sperm and the egg cause what sex it's going to be. What it's going to look like. All of the mysterious, wonderful, awesome things that you are. Bare minimum, 40 
million sperm left the father on his journey to find the egg. Forty million of them. Every time you feel like a loser, you've heard me say this, every time you feel like a loser, you need to slap yourself. Stop that. Because there was 40 million headed for that egg and the only one that got there was you. You won the prize. And the first thing that happened to you is you penetrated the egg. You got in. there was a climax in the in the egg and in the ovum there was a climax life came into being spirit from the sperm spirit from the egg one spirit in the Lord created Amazing, this thing. And now I'm telling you of only earthly things. I'm not even telling you of heavenly things. I'm telling you of the first man, Adam. The first Adam. Not the second Adam and the last man. There will never be another creation of another kind of man ever again. Jesus was the first of the new creation. If there's a first, there's a second. Any seconds here? Third, fourth, fifth, a hundred thousand, million, billion? Billions, billions. This is all earthly stuff. We're not heavenly yet. Except you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom. Can't see it. Then you have to be born of the water and the spirit to enter it. The water and the spirit isn't just the natural childbirth and then another birth called spiritual. That's not what it is. That would be ludicrous for Jesus to say that. Spirit is revelation. It's a sudden awakening where you no longer live according to what's between your ears or what you think is a man, but you suddenly receive from God an entire different knowledge that comes down from heaven. 
By it, you can rule over all things because that's who Jesus is and he rules and reigns and he begins to live in us and rule and reign through us. And we become the recipients of everything that is created with Jesus. How many know Jesus has been made Lord over heaven, the heavens, uh, and the earth realm too? How many of you know that? And we're joint heirs with him. What is man that you're mindful of him? David said as he looked up to the sky. And the son of man that you would visit him. You've made me, us, a little lower than Elohim. Not angels. They translated angels. It's, a, it's not angels. It's Elohim, gods. Plural. Because there's plural revelations of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even though there's only one God. There's three manifestations. Like ice, gas, and water. All H2O. They're all connected all around the planet. Every drop of water. If I had a drop of water in my hand, it would be connected to the North Pole, the South Pole, the atmosphere and the earth, the rivers, the oceans. And it's not separated from them at all. It's connected because there's gas in the air. There's moisture in the air. Moisture touches it. This touches that. That touches this. This. So all the water on the planet's all connected. Always. He's founded it upon the seas. Established it upon the currents and the rivers who shall go up into the mountain of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place he who has clean hands pure heart has not lifted himself up to falsehood or to what is false nor sworn deceitfully think of this you guys God chose Noah he was the only one left on the planet whose DNA was not mingled with the Nephilimic race. And his family went on the boat with him. None of them, none of them found grace in the eyes of the Lord. None of them were pure seed. Only one man, Noah. only one on planet earth that was not defiled. There's only one on the earth right now that's not defiled. And he's a messenger standing in front of him. And he's a person sitting in the seat listening to him. And he's part of body all over the earth by the name of the second Adam. A whole new creation who don't know who they are. How many think it's a good idea that we know our identity? 
you think the teachings today of who, who I am in Christ is what our identity is? Because that's the way it's taught. Just an introduction. To know your identity means to be one with it or to be living in it, to walking in it. Or to be literally no longer any need for any other identity in my life because I am totally, completely, not just doctrinally, but in reality of faith's life and of the grace of God, living in that new creation that we are. Have you ever heard this? I have a spirit, it's divine, but I'm my physical body's just human. Just like a sinner or anybody else. You ever heard that? Do you really believe that? Because I want to challenge you on it, okay? And I don't want to shoot myself in the foot or you. Do you believe that God could anoint you to pray for somebody who lost his leg is cut off and you could pray for him and the leg would grow out. Could a natural man do that? Could a human being do that kind of miracle? No. There's only one that could do that kind of miracle. And that's the new creation. We're not mere people. How many believe you could be translated? Anybody believe you could be translated? You could be like, I'm preaching to you here right now, and then suddenly just, I'm gone. Would that blow your mind if I just disappeared? Then reappeared, and I told you, I was just in China for a week. There were crusades. Let me tell you all the miracles that happened. There was a guy there that had a website, and he put it on the website. And he took pictures of it and me and everything. You can go there and check it out. And you go online and check it up, and it tells the whole story of a week of mass crusades. And I disappeared, was gone three seconds, reappeared, and all that took place. Do you think that's possible? Is that a human body? Could a human body, just a human body, No, you're not just human. We believe lies. How many would like to learn some things about the cleansing of the DNA? Anybody? Anybody want to, if it could be done, would you want to have your DNA cleansed? How about have it totally healed so every broken strand in it, every programming in it that is of the old life, the old man, or some trauma even in your new life, that it could be utterly, completely, not just healed, but recreated. Recreated. How many would like to learn about that? Do you know that's what the Melchizedek priesthood is about? Or as you would say, Melchizedek. Do you know that's what the Melchizedek order will do? And that priesthood right now is being born? and about to be revealed. Do you know I'm one of them? 
And I'm, that's why I'm revealing it to you. Are you one of them? It's a question. Are you one of the Melchizedek priesthood? That's a question. Now you have a choice to choose. Which do you want? Do you want the old Aaronic priesthood order? Or do you want the new order called the Melchizedek priesthood? An order forever. Jesus, the high priest of an order forever of the order of Melchizedek. Everybody say order. Would you change your life to get into that order? Look what change they go through to get into the order of the Masons. Changes their whole life. Really affects their finances, their prestige, their honor, all this stuff. Do you think the world who is able to do that stuff has more power than we do? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you ready to go where God wants? You know, I'm just now telling you earthly things. I haven't even gone into heaven. Oh, I want to say it's so nice and soft so you think I'm, I'm loving you. and I'm, But I'm so excited, I just want to tell you about it and have it go. And brand you in your foreheads. Consume you in your mind. Put the maker's mark on you. So activate you that you feel this new yearning to know more who God really is as your father and how far into his eternal dimensions does he want to take you? Do you know the Ten Commandments are all dimensions? You read them and all you see is a commandment. You don't even realize. You take them apart in the Hebrew letters and you Establish what God established in the power of their numeric value. You align them with other revelation that's in the scripture. And what is unveiled is dimensions we're not walking. But we can. Even, even a baby Christian can. Nobody can walk in the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament because they didn't have God living inside of them. We do. We're a different creation. We're no longer a part of Adam and Eve. Not even your physical body. But you believe it is, therefore you partake of what Adam and Eve partook of. That you live 70 years, and, and if by reason of strength, 80. And if you really get a hold of some faith, you might live 120 years. Oh, but you're weak and decrepit and fighting disease and because we believe the lie and don't believe that all of that really passed away. Behold, God has done a new thing. I'm saying this in the simplest terms. I'm not even using the revelatory language I could and will. The sun <laughs> is a miniature atom. Miniature, I say, compared to the size of the universe. Massive compared to the size of the atoms that are on the tip of your finger. Proton, neutron, these streaking electronic things, different types.
types of atoms with different nuclei makeup and electrons. Universes. Solar system. What is that thing that's streaking around that atom? Light. Power. Energy. If you split one of the atoms that you could pull out of your body that's hydrogen, it would blow up this building. That's how much power is in you in one atom. Can we possibly... Sherman, you have lost your mind. Ah, thank God. Lost my mind. Get the mind of Christ. Jesus knew all of this when he talked to Nicodemus the priest and said, I'm telling you earthly things and you don't believe them. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Well, how could I do that? I can't enter back into my mother's womb and be born a second time. Nicodemus, you're a great teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? Jesus was awestruck speaking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, by the way, followed Jesus, became very much his disciple. <coughs> he loved and was drawn to him from the beginning. Think of it. And he says, Nicodemus, you have to be born twice. I can't enter my mother's womb. He said, if you're born again, if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom. If you're born again, you can see the kingdom. But if you're born in the water and the spirit, if you're born of revelation, if you just get born again, you can suddenly see. How many saw the kingdom when you were born again? How many believe in heaven? Why do you believe in heaven? You've never seen it. Oh, yeah, you have. You saw it. Not only did you see it, you experienced it. When you were born again, at the moment you received Jesus Christ and said, Jesus is my Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I confess you with my mouth. I believe in my heart. <clears throat> if it didn't happen at that minute, it increased till it got a hold of you and you begin to experience something. According to Ephesians chapter 2, it says, you which were dead in your trespasses and sins, he's now made alive together in Christ Right? It says you're saved by grace through faith. Everybody say grace through faith. There's no grace without faith, guys. The teachings out there that say it's all grace, 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 and they don't have any faith walk. They're not in grace. They're in deception. It's just flat out. God doesn't do one thing without faith. Whatever's not of faith is sin. Of course, he wants everything to be by faith. There's little faith. Faith is a mustard seed. There's big faith. There's growing faith. There's increasing faith. There's mountain moving faith. There's unlimited faith. There's different levels of faith. You can see them all in Scripture. You can study them. If you do, your faith will increase. Like everything else in the Bible, every word in the Bible is loaded with a substance called faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God put a substance in His words. And when those words touch you, they add 
certain levels of faith. Somebody gets up and just explains, and you go, oh, my God, he made me feel like I could do anything. Oh, I'm so excited. That was a high level of faith. The other person, nice talk, you're encouraged, you feel good. Oh, you love each other, you go away, you know, maybe you didn't have Mount Leuven. Well, the guy just released that much faith. Or you heard, because be careful how you hear, because you can be hearing mountain moving faith, but you can only yourself choose to hear and believe mustard seed faith. So Jesus said in Mark 4, be careful how you hear, because the way you hear is what you'll believe. Everything's by faith. Anybody want to translate? You want to translate? Would you like to have a translation experience where you translated somewhere and then came back and you could tell everybody about it? If you was driving down the road and a truck was about running over, to run over you, wouldn't it be nice to translate out and be gone? And the crash happened. Then translate back be standing next to the car and they'll say, how'd you get out of it? Oh, God's with me. It's a miracle. And you don't tell them because you know they won't believe you. Might as well tell them anyhow. Because you are a sign and wonder. Make them wonder. Where we can go. Where can we go? Where can we go? Where can we go? Do we really want to go there, Wayne? So the Adam the solar system, sun, planet. Around many of the planets, there's these little things called moons circling those planets. I think they found like a dozen that's circling Pluto. Neptune, there's... These planets are way out there. They're so much further away than the sun is from the Earth. Oh my gosh. This solar system is massive, is it? actually very little, one little star in a massive galaxy. God holds it all, the whole universe in his hand and understands the whole function of it. And do you know that right now God knows what's going on in every atom in the universe? How could he have an intelligence so brilliant that he's aware of every atom in the universe? Is God aware of everything? Question. Here's a question for you. Is God aware of everything at all times? Does God always know what's going to happen in every situation, what's going to happen next? Does he? Does he have to? Does he have to? If he can't, he's not sovereign. Oh, now that don't fit my theology. No, no, no. God knows everything. God always knows everything at all times. I can show you places in the Bible where he chose not to know. Where he himself said, I hear the cry of some, some stuff going down there. I'm going to go down and check it out. 
because he chose not to know. When that was going on, it was Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't want to go down and check that out. It was so wicked, he'd already backed off and turned them over, and they had no intercessor until Abraham came along. And Abraham couldn't cut a deal. <laughs> All he could take out was Lot. Daughters and a wife whose heart was still back in Sodom and Gomorrah, so she turned into a pillar of salt as she looked back. There's things God don't want to come look at. He don't want to be a part of. He can. He can even do that in our lives. He can give us something to do and give us everything to do it, then he can back off and choose not to know what you're going to do. And rejoice with you if you're victorious and weep for you and set in motion an already pre-existent plan that he had to redeem you and turn it all around to the good for them that love God who are the call according to his purpose. How does he do all that? He don't think on the same levels we do. He can be on so many different levels all at one time. Unaware of all of them, or aware of what he wants to be. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. And everything he does is perfect and all wise and all love. In every case. We don't understand that because we're limited. Our thinking says, oh, I want him to know everything about my future all the time, and he will always be there and always watch me. And, and Well, that's human thinking. Of course, that's what we want to think. Do you ever make decisions that God has nothing to do with? Was he in your decision? If you did your own thing? No. No, when you made the decision, he don't have to be there. If you show God you don't want him and you want to push him away, God will respect what you want and watch from a distance. If he glances away, you'll know it. It's horrible. To be one moment without knowing. God's there for me. The enemy loves to convince you that he's not there because you made decisions without him. I believe that God's everywhere at all and all things in my life because I'm born again. I'm of the kingdom. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us unto himself and made, given us the ministry of reconciliation. All things are of God that's in your life. The bad experiences you go through, God knew about them and ordained that you be there in that mix. Terrible things. He foreknew it and didn't prevent it. 
Why wasn't it prevented? Because we didn't pray. Really? Hmm, what if that's not always true? What if there's some things we cannot figure out and we don't have a doctrine for? What if God really is sovereign and knows things on a level that we don't have knowledge of yet? See, I want to make you not doubt God and his love for you. I want you to see that God is so sovereign that he can do anything. Because whatever he decides to do, it's going to be pure, undefiled love. And what's best for his eternal purpose and what you were created for and why you were made and his desire and his plan and purpose to bring it to pass for you. Always. Because that's his covenant. So if I'm doing anything here tonight, it's to make you think in a new way. The sun. What if the sun is like a dimension of heaven so full of the fire and the glory and the light of God. What if it is a, listen to this, I'm going to take you on a trip here for just a second. The center of the universe, you guys, of all the mass universe out there, the center of the universe is planet Earth. There's no other planet, no other place out there that's greater, that has a higher race and all of that stuff. There is no such thing. There's no such thing. How do we know that? Because God became a man. He came to this planet. He died on the cross on this planet. He did everything he did in redemption. And all of his plan for the entire universe, dimensions unknown, the heavens and the earth, the new heaven and new earth, everything for eternity. He did it and revealed it on planet earth. Which means if we're the center of the universe... Why else would he say that we're to rule and reign? What is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? You made him a little lower than God. You crowned him with glory and honor. Right? He crowned us with glory and honor. Right? Gave us dominion. Fish of the sea, beast of the field, birds of the air, everything creeps on the earth. Sun, moon, and star. Psalms 8. We're the center, we're the governmental center of the universe. Planet Earth. With a sun. We're circling it. We're one atom in our galaxy, swirling with energy. Energy is being created that we can't see and don't understand. The speed of our planet is something like 65,000 miles an hour. It's traveling through space to go around the sun. All the planets are like that. They're creating a vortex of energy that we don't know about, just like an atom creates a vortex of energy. Everybody hearing me? So our entire solar system is a generator of a certain kind of substance power. No other place in the universe has the kingdom of God in it like we do with the cross, the resurrection, the glory, the angels coming and going to this planet through the saints, us being the sons of God that are going to go to the universe and understand the mysteries of the universe. And we'll be able to understand it as simply as reading C. Dick and Jane. See how they play together. See cat, see dog. Cat climbs tree. 
Dick and Jane climb tree. We'll understand it. It'll be that simple to us. And right now we're blinded. But the lights are starting to come on. And this vortex, this generator of our solar system, one star called sun, which they say is solid mass of gas, has the energy belt around these planets and with these planets where life and immortality through Jesus Christ can dwell. What kind of energy is coming from the sun? It causes natural life. Is it really a gas ball? Or is it a portal, a door, a gateway? For the coming in into this area of godly things and the releasing of power and energy. What will happen to the sun when redemption comes and all things are made new and this entire solar system is made not what it was before the fall but beyond and, re and regenerated in the power of and the glory of God. What will it create for the universe? Will it just be us, or will he also create a planet and star system and, 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 and other planets and create a vortex of power that will become the portal or the doorway or that gates? Who are the gates? Where are the gates? The people are. To recreate and bring all this into being. That's too big. Well, do you want to prosper or not? How big do you think your God is? What can, if God can do this for you, what will he do with you in the fullness of God and earth that is the Lord's and all the fullness thereof? Who does it belong to and who's ready to go? Who wants to walk in the royalty of my God and my king and start literally receiving the royal download of stewardship and how all things, all things are ours. Sherman, you have lost your mind. Oh, this is nothing. I'm just introducing this. I'm going there. There's a whole generation waiting for it. Thousands are waiting for it. Ask her generation, what's their purpose in life? And what do they know? What do they really know of the love of God? What do they really know about What's the church to them? Are they impressed? Or has there got to be more? Ask this generation, and you'll find out. Because most of them have hidden their life in a little box. And that's where they live. And the reality of the love of relationships and community and what God's about to birth, they're going to be the carriers of it. They're about to have a download a visitation from God that they didn't deserve and did nothing to get and it's going to so radically infuse them that suddenly everything I'm saying right now won't be a bunch of mystical jargon stuff because this is the mystics class that I told you I was going to start I'm moving into we're mystics any mystics here anybody here born again do you believe you're born again you can't believe you're born again unless you're a mystic the new birth is a mystery Nicodemus couldn't figure it out. He was a great rabbi. How many speak in tongues? Whoever speaks in tongues, you're speaking mysteries. Don't tell me you're not a mystic. 
You don't know how much of a mystic you are. It's time you seize the mystic anointing on your life and the power to walk in it. It's time you really realized this love of God that's in us. Oh my God, this love of God is a download of the mystical like we've never known before that gives us ability to understand all things in the earth and the heavens and how the two work together. (coughs) Can you imagine the sun? (coughs) It's not hollow. It's got a substance in there, an entire kingdom, a realm, a glory realm, all in it is light and glory and power. Angels from heaven come in into the sun and then to the earth. Can you imagine that? Can you even imagine that sort of thing? Why why would we want to do that? Well, I know it's true even though I don't have scientific proof. I know I can find it in the scripture. There's mysteries there that tell us about, that tell us to be totally engulfed in the sun. And that his kingdom is the kingdom of the sun of his love. S-O-N, but the natural sun is a natural type of life. We're not sun worshipers. We're sun worshipers. Imagine the power of this particular solar system with all the planets and moons circling and all of them moving around circling. All the, imagine what's being created for this solar system, the way it's configured and made, that no other solar system in the universe has the things in it that this one does. People say, oh, that's all. You're sure throwing out a lot of stuff that's just conjecture and personal opinion. Well, I'm saying what if? Because when the Lord showed me an atom in front of me, there's a bright, shiny little atom and it as it grew, I started seeing the electrons circling it. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger till it was big as about a nine-story building. Then he said, come. And I went with him and went and walked into it. Into the nucleus. The sun of that solar system. Protons, neutrons, electrons, and, you know, quarks and the other things that's there. And and there's there's pathways between them. They're not, when you blow it up, they're not one substance stuck together like they're cemented together. There's energy fields between each one of them. And there's things inside of them. And he took me into them. And he showed me certain particles of the atom on the inside of it and blew it up in front of me. And it had a pathway into it and lights. And I saw all kinds of things. I described it to a mathematician. 
and he sat down and put together a math. He, he's a world-class mathematician. He wrote a paper, and and he solved a problem for natural energy that had never been solved, based on what I shared. With you. I don't even have college education. I don't know anything about atomic power. Learned about quantum when I was ten years old. I could describe it to everybody. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't have the language or the education, but I told stories about it and what I saw and how the Lord did it. Oh yes, I'm going to go ahead and say it because there's an impartation. Everything I'm saying, if you will open your heart, if you're hungry and thirst, all of this stuff is actually a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of the maker of all things and how it belongs to him and how he wants to give it to us. By the way, everything I just mentioned has immense power holding it together. Power is everywhere, you guys. Power is everything. All things are held together by the power of his word. We're about to get a power release in us. It's going to be energized with the anointing and strength to supernaturally power our physical bodies and our minds and our thoughts and parts of our minds that are asleep are going to be awakened. zones inside of us with understanding and knowledge and accomplishments that's beyond anything we can even imagine. Think of it. How did God raise Jesus from the dead? That's a dead body laying there. How did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead? He was dead. In the tomb, stinking. Did Lazarus just have a normal human body? No. He was born again. His body was made subject to everything that's in the world. finish this first and then I'm done this this stuff's so amazing to me that I like it's it's 930 and I feel like I've been up here 15 minutes it's just so energized has anybody been held captive by this has anybody been interested the whole time through it's captivating it carries something it's amazing and it's, it's not just knowledge. It's an impartation of something that knew from God. This is the generation, the description of those who seek him, who inquire 
of and for him, of necessity, require him. They require him. Require. By faith, you can require what he promises. That's a judicial statement. Are you hearing about the courts? Anybody here want to go to the courts of heaven here before God and require things? You can require if you know you have clean hands and a pure heart. So you may have to go ahead and admit, yeah, I did fall short, yeah, I'm guilty. But I take my stand on your cross. And my, I only have one plea to the judge. I plead the blood. I plead the grace of God. Those who inquire of him, of necessity, require him. Who seek your face, O God, God of Jacob. Salah. Pause and think about that. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Any gates in this room? Do you really realize you're a gate? You're a gate. Be lifted up, you age-abiding doors. This is the Amplified. Age-abiding. That the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads. O you gates. Yes, lift them up. You age abiding doors that the king of glory may come in. Who is he then? This king of glory. The Lord of hosts, he's the king of glory. Salah, pause and think of that. Say this with me, Father, I'm a gate. I'm a door. You are the door and you live in me. All things pertaining to the kingdom of God are within me and I have access to literally translate out of the kingdom that's in me into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are not the same thing. Heaven. How many believe you can go to heaven? How many believe heaven can come to you? This is only for the people of God that seek his face and let him behold their face face to face this is the whole key to it the depths, the heights, the length the width of the love of God it's really time for us to steward Not just heavenly things, but earthly things. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we pray right now, knowing that you hear us. You always hear us. Jesus, you said, from now on, you're not going to ask me anything. You're going to ask the Father in my name, and he will give it to you. How you wanted us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father, Jesus. You made the way. We stand before you, Father, as your gates, your doors. Open wide, you everlasting, age-abiding gates. The King of glory is coming in. 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 Oh, the King in all of his domain. Ha, ha, ha. Heirs of God and join heirs with you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.